Hey, Money Multipliers. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast, where we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and today I have a fun and exciting episode here. I'm interviewing a good friend. Actually, he's a new friend now, but um, but but I'm, I'm very excited to keep furthering this working relationship with him. Uh, he's a very smart individual. He, yes, he's a little soft-spoken. I will say, but he's got a lot of knowledge packed in that noggin of his. So I met him recently out in Las Vegas. And uh, just a little bit about Alex before we get into the interview here today. He is a co-founder of Building Income On Demand and a marketing agency called Thor Marketing. He's a digital marketer that had a great experience working in different industries, such as spas, gyms, uh, coaches, consultants, real estate, restaurants. He's a big sports fan. He's been practicing Taekwondo for the last 14 years, and uh, he actually was a coach to other folks uh, doing Taekwondo practice. And uh, his goal, his goal is to help local businesses create marketing systems with automations to help them create content and to make their lives easier and more fulfilling than what they're doing right now. So really getting their best bang out of their buck to sum it up. So, uh, so anyways, as I dive into this episode, he talks some practical strategies that we can start implementing today to help us find those qualified leads, bring some more uh, uh, people through the doors to help us keep growing and keep educating the public in what we are passionate about. Maybe it's our flower business. Maybe it's our real estate. Maybe it's the car business that you have, the car detailing business. All right. So I'm very excited about this interview and uh, we'll kind of get into it. But before we get into it, I have a few quick announcements. All right, so just a a quick recap of the upcoming live events. California, baby, I'm coming out to you. Anaheim, February 24th and the 25th. Provo, Utah, March 2nd to the 4th. Langhorne, Pennsylvania, March 11th. We got Tampa, Florida, March 16th. Dallas, Texas, March 31st. So we'll be bopping around the U.S. US uh, here coming up. So I hope to see you out at those live events. And uh, as always, go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com forward slash events and uh, with an S on the end. And uh, you can go in and find all of the upcoming events for the year. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Money Multipliers. I am here with a great episode today. Um, here joined with me, I have Alex. And uh, Alex and I, we actually met about a few months ago. We are out in uh, Las Vegas together. There was an event going on, and actually it was a really cool event. Uh, Sharon Lecter was even up on the stage teaching and educating. So um, Alex, I, I like Alex because Alex is kind of like me. He- he's young in this space, and I think we bring a new flavor to uh, what's going on. The, the new generation that's kind of up and coming. So, um, Alex, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And and I know today, so so you're in Montreal because you're um, from Canada originally. Yep. Pretty pretty much, yes. Okay. So, okay. well, I was born in Eastern Europe and then, yes, moved to, to Canada. So, yeah, mostly Canadian in a way. And you're a newlywed too. 
Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, four months now, almost four months. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I know because um, so then when you are here in the states, you reside in Arizona. Yeah. So is the spouse in Arizona? Yeah. Okay. okay. That's that's, she, that's where she lives. Okay. Well, deal. All right. On and actually, before we get into it, one thing that I find very fascinating because I do think hobbies outside of business is very important. And one thing that I thought was cool is you actually you used to or you might still have a Taekwondo studio. And so, were you a teacher? So I've been practicing Taekwondo for the last fourteen years, okay. and then uh, when we moved to Canada, I went and got my finished my because I, I would have like red belt and then I I wanted to get black belt but I always train as a red belt because my dad was telling me you need a belt to to hold your pants like that doesn't really show anything if you can't do the techniques doesn't really matter if you have black belt it's like he he he's from uh, the mindset show me don't tell me kind of so I got the, that black belt um I was training quite a lot. And then at some point we opened um, a Taekwondo school that was linked to university. So it, was, it wasn't, it was I didn't own the school per se, but I was a, a coach there and instructor. Got it. So it okay. was a great experience. Yeah. Did it for about two years and then COVID came and the university shut down all the programs. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we also couldn't do anything. Okay. All right. So then because of COVID times now, are you thinking about going back? Uh, back to teaching now, I wouldn't say so. Practicing, yeah. Yeah, I do practice and train. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's part of my life, I guess, at this point. It is lifestyle, yeah. Going to the gym, taekwondo, playing soccer, like doing sports. is. Uh, it's been... I've been practicing sports my entire life. Okay. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Uh, I do, yeah. I have a younger brother. He's, uh, yeah, he's actually uh, in business with me as well. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you, is he one of the co-founders or? No. So, so so I do have two. So I have a marketing agency uh, where we work with uh, small and medium-sized businesses, help them with uh, lead generation and then the content marketing side of things as well. Mm-hmm. And then that's where he helps me with. And um, I do have another side where um, it's an educational company. Uh, it's called Building Income on Demand, where we pretty much help all the service-based business owners put together all the systems. Because when people start their businesses, they don't really have systems. I mean, they do a little bit of marketing here and there. Then they get clients, they focus on clients, and they forget about marketing. So they don't have an ongoing process, pretty much. So that's mm-hmm. where we help with. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I, and actually, before we get into it, too, I, how did you get into this space? I mean, did you go to school for it? Did you meet somebody who introduced you into this world of digital marketing and, and lead generation? So, um, yes, I was going to school. Uh, I was going to college. I had this um, business administration program. Um, my major was in marketing. And at the same time, I was part of this network marketing company. And I wanted to do presentations and do, recruit people into my team i'm sure you know how the network marketing uh, yeah. companies work and the, the industry and i was kind of fed up i wanted to find another way so i started googling i found out about this funnel so i'm like what's the funnel uh start, starting to dig, digging deeper and uh, then i would learn i would start 
buying courses online or hot run ads, email marketing, uh, social media, funnels, websites, all the good stuff, everything that's related to digital marketing. Yeah. And during the same time, it was our third semester in college and we had marketing one-on-one and then we had this case study where we were supposed to promote a company and I was like, sweet. So I didn't implement anything and what we were learning in school, but I implemented everything because we were supposed to target millennials. It was like, sweet, so we're going to run all these ads and social media. And because I knew that, let's say, to put out a billboard in a good location, it would cost like $10,000 yeah. for people just to see it and you can't even track it. Because uh, I would also like study from people that are running multi-million dollar marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, that's a no-brainer to do it online. So I did that. Um, I got 60 or 65%. I passed. I was like, what's wrong with it? It's perfect based on what these guys say. And they do it on a daily basis. So I come up to the teacher. I'm like, what's what's wrong with my plan? She's like, well, you didn't mention any traditional media. I'm like, yeah, but you can't you can't track anything. It's just for the brand side of things in a way. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, but it's also important. I'm like... No. So I, I I closed that semester and I left. I dropped wow. out. Yeah. And then we started. So I dove deeper into that. We started the first agency. Um, and then I, I started my uh, my second one. Got it. That's yeah. very important of what you said, the tracking, because people can come through, they can see your name, they can see who you are. But but if you don't keep dripping on, on them, in a sense, and that's where it comes with the automation of everything. Yeah. I was thinking about that in the car this morning, you know, driving over here about it, automation and, and how it's important now in today's day and age. So so I, I think that's very powerful. And actually, here's another question I was thinking about this morning as well. Because I know we are in the new era, and I guess it's not so new, but but the era of, of digital, online, the metaverse now, do you think that we're full force going to keep heading down this path of the digital era? Or is it kind of like, in my opinion, so I love fashion, all right? And I'm thinking about like leg warmers and arm warmers and how scrunchies are all coming back into style now. So my question is like, are we going back more towards the the traditional ways of marketing, maybe the face-to-face, the the kind of touchy-feelsy side of marketing instead of just everything digital? Or or, or is it a combination of both and we should be splitting it up between both? You know, so what direction do you see us kind of going in and, and where is it important to kind of put our eggs in what basket? Um, so let's say if you're starting out, the best place to be is online because the cost per the cost for, let's say, a client acquisition is way cheaper than if you would do it with traditional media, because, again, you can track things. Um, and then, then you can target people in the narrow audience, especially if you start a local business, something like that. And then you want to, to, to get known in that specific circle. So it's way better to do it um, in a digital way. Um, with, the, uh, with the fashion and everything else, as I mentioned, um, I think it's going to be a 50-50 split. Yeah. And because um, people, we're creatures of habits and we, st- and, and we still want to have that relationship with each other. Yeah. So both uh, traditional media and digital will work because people want to come in person. I mean, some people are fine ordering online. I never, I know, I did order pants last year. 
just mm-hmm. one time online because I knew my size. But yeah. otherwise, I wouldn't uh, order anything online for, for clothing-wise or shoes, yeah. Because again, I know the size for like for Adidas. I know the exact size. For all the other brands, they're all different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, oh. it, it, it is a 50-50 split, yeah. Okay, okay. Actually, I'm and- about to, oh, I, I want to tell you, I'm about to freak you out real quick. I just ordered a new mattress. I bought it online. Yep. Oh, yeah? Bought that mattress online, did, didn't <laughs> sleep on it or, or feel anything. I was just like, all right, well, I think I know how this mattress feels because my best girlfriend has the same one. So I think I like it. So I guess I did kind of do my research on it. But that, isn't that a little freaky? Yeah. In today's day and age, you can buy your own mattress online. They ship it to your door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the world we live in. I mean, even cars. Like If you look at Tesla, I think it's the first company that uh, gave us an option to buy a car online. You pretty much choose whatever you want you make an order you do the, the down payment um and you go and pick up your car yeah yeah so yeah it's a, it's a mix of both and with the ai coming and becoming stronger and stronger i don't know if you've heard of uh, the um chat gpt from open ai mm-hmm. you can look into that it, it can actually help you write uh, or create content so mm-hmm. it's a system, it's an AI software that um, pretty much communicates with you like a person. So let's say you can ask a question and it gives you an answer and then you can ask a question regarding that answer. So in the beginning, when, when it came out, people were thinking that it's like Google in a way, but it's better than Google. Because with Google, you're when you're searching for something, um, you still need to go through all these different websites and find that information that you're looking for. In case with this AI, um, I saw this video on YouTube where a guy was trying to, um, he was writing a code for the website and he was always getting a mistake. He couldn't figure out what's the mistake. So he took the code, he dropped it in the AI in the chat and said, um, can, you f- can you fix this code? So the AI fixed it and explained where was the mistake. He took the code, implemented on the website, and it works. Wow. When I saw that, I was like, whoa. It's a game changer now. It is, yeah. And also like for content. I mean, content marketing is a big thing now because people trust content more, let's say businesses that produce content because they provide value more than if they just see ads. And in case with this chat GPT, you can, let's say, ask for a list of ideas to create content on or even like write articles i've tried i played around with it i said uh, write me an article um uh, i don't remember what i asked about exactly uh but i said write a 2000 word article it gave me an article then i saw another post on facebook somebody posted that they asked to write a 60,000 word book and it did and it writes in a matter of minutes <laughs> so it compresses yeah, so that, it, it takes pretty much all the knowledge and compresses into one one frame or whatever you're asking the, the chat to do. It makes us more efficient. It does, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people started freaking out. They're like, oh, the AI is going to, they're going to take over our jobs. I'm like, no, it's not as good. Like Even for copywriting, let's say, like I was talking to a client um, and then we were talking about articles and I I told her about this chat GPT. Um and she's like, well, somebody does articles for me. I'm like, well, that's that's good. What what it really gives you it gives you an option. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that copywriters will lose their jobs. Um, I mean, some might, 
because it's it's really good like you you should play around with it okay. uh but it, what it really gives it gives a lot of ideas so let's just like with with an article as i mentioned now with 2000 words you can take that content and then paraphrase it the way you want it and then add your own examples mm -hmm. and then you don't need to sit there and write an article for an hour maybe even longer mm -hmm. takes you five minutes to do that make changes maybe 15 minutes in total 30 max okay okay yeah. that's yeah. interesting okay so 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 then it helps us now now talk to me about this because we're we're going out there and we're creating this content to either keep educating our current client database to hopefully produce us more business or we're going out there and we're finding those qualified leads and 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 in my opinion there's a difference between leads and qualified leads 100% right? so so how do you Talk to me a little bit about how you narrow down that that qualified lead, because I mean, out there right now, I mean, let's just talk about it, right? I mean, over here at the Money Multiplier, we have our Facebook group, we got the Instagram, we got TikTok, we got YouTube, we got all those things, and you have all those eyes looking at it. Right. Mm -hmm. and so, so you get these leads that come in and, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit some folks that call me on the line. I have said, hey, it's not a good time for you to start a policy right now because you don't have any income coming in. What what, what do you you got to change some of your habits and some of your ways? So, mm -hmm. so how, do you, how do you create those qualified leads versus leads before they hop on the phone with you? Like, yeah. yeah, that's a great question, because these days lead generation is not a problem it's it, what's really hard to get is those qualified leads so what uh we would do especially as i mentioned previously with this with the educational company because that's what we've, we're doing for the last five years with businesses mm -hmm. let's say if we run a lead gen campaign uh, we would send them through a short form either directly on facebook uh, where we would collect in the beginning just name email and phone number the the minimum because people don't want to give a lot of information because the conversions will go down. Mm -hmm. um, and then as a second step, we ask them to fill out an application form. And that's where we ask them, usually it's about 10 questions, seven to 10 questions. Mm -hmm. It really depends on the business. Let's say in, in real estate, it could be seven questions. And without gym clients, it's 10 questions. So it's, yeah, it really depends on the business. Mm -hmm. Whatever is important for you to, to get from that lead. Yeah. And those people that fill out that application form, those are the really serious leads. Yes. So that's how you pretty much put the them. action behind it. Yeah. 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 Because then you know more about them too before they hop on the call and make Yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah. 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 And it's not, it's not a sales speech anymore because you're there to, because they tell you already their problem, you know, where they're, in in life, let's say as you just mentioned, like you know, if they they are working, maybe what's their salary? Um, it, there could be a range, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now here here's something else I was thinking about this morning as well. You know what? When you go in and and folks are coming to you asking for your assistance and support because you are the specialist in that area. When they're coming to you, what is one of the most common mistakes that you see that business owners or maybe individuals are doing in their business that that is hindering them from that growth or from getting new business through the doors? Um, I'll say they're not marketing enough. That's no. the biggest one. Yeah, they're not marketing enough. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's because I mean, they, they start 
and then they stop and then they start again or they try didn't work and then they stop yeah. and in, in case with marketing you really need to test things yeah so whether it's just content um i don't know if you've seen uh do, do you know mr beast i do yeah yeah okay i don't know if you've seen a video where he was mentioning that they they're spending i think a thousand or maybe ten thousand dollars on a youtube thumbnail to design a youtube thumbnail hmm. i think it was ten thousand because the number was just outrageous even i mean even a thousand dollars yeah yeah and, and for, they, all, for all my folks um listening as well the youtube thumbnail that's that's the thing that's just the one picture that you see on youtube before it gets into the video yeah yeah that's exactly it yeah thanks for explaining um because because they also mentioned that uh before their channel got big they were testing i think they were making changes every minute or every two minutes so they would switch the thumbnail and see if there was any change and then they would switch it again and then they would switch it again in one day mm. so it's really all about marketing um, but of course it's important to build systems on the back end so you don't do the the day-to-day -day mundane work because again you can automate things let's say like sending out emails text messages all the confirmations let's say if somebody books a call send them uh, set up automations to with reminders people forget about calls I'm like mm -hmm. even when they get reminders sometimes we just need to call them it's like hey we have a call in 30 minutes yeah like, yeah i know yeah yeah so so, so then oh well go, go ahead you want to add one more detail no no no, no. that was it <laughs> So, so uh, talk to me then about about this. So, you and your company. So, what what do you do, and what do you specialize in? That that that's different than what other folks are doing out there, and kind of what makes you all unique to the playing field. So, what we've done, um, as I mentioned, for the last five, well, actually, already six years, we've been working with businesses, helping them with marketing automations. And we realized that every single time when we get, let's say, uh, when a client gets just crazy results um they are following all the steps that we tell them to follow because sometimes you work with people and they're like no i want to do it this way I'm like yeah but it doesn't really work this way mm -hmm. i mean we we're doing it on a daily basis you, you i'm the expert <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah i mean and then they're like well i want to do it this way this is my brand we're like okay I'm, yeah it is it is your brand and you're the client you're right i guess let's try it we tried and then it doesn't work so we backtracked everything and we looked at what we're usually doing um, at every step of the way. Um, so they get all those crazy results. And we figure out that uh, we usually go through the nine steps for them to, to get to that level, pretty much. And that's the main, uh, this nine step system became the main program in a way for us. So we, we we do a six week uh, marketing bootcamp where we pretty much guide people through the entire process. We help them build, uh, of course, in the beginning. So we, we broke it down to three phases. Uh, we go over fundamentals because if you don't do that part, nothing else matters. All the ads and offers and all all the fancy things yeah. that people like to talk about. Yeah, that doesn't matter. So if you the when I say fundamentals, it's the mindset um it's um, knowing who is your ideal client mm -hmm. and understanding your numbers 
So you go through that, you know where, where you want to go pretty much. And when I say mindset, I'm mostly talking about testing. Because again, people like to say, well, that's all right. I'm not going to do it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we can, let's say, start creating an offer. And then when the, the offer is ready, based on the offer, you can create a landing page or because um, usually you would create a landing page only for the offer because it's great to have a website, but then it's important to have just a landing page to send people to because the website acts these days as kind of your headquarters. And then landing page is only for for the offer, where people have two options: either when they, when they come, it's either they leave or they fill out the form. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much the process. And then after that, it's all the good stuff: writing ad copy, creating images and videos, running ads, then getting those leads, closing them, and then the last step is getting referrals out of these leads. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So how can, so, so starting today, is there one thing that folks could start implementing today that would help them reach goals to create more leads that come through the door to create more monthly cash flow for them? Yeah, 100%. What they could do. Yeah. I would say um, if you have an email database, that's what a lot of people, a lot of businesses do have, and they're not using it. I don't know if you've heard of the saying, the money is in the list. <laughs> and that's where it's really at. I mean, it's it's your database. You control it. It's not like you need to pay Zuckerberg or, I don't know, Google to get more leads. It's already your database. So yeah. you should definitely do maybe, let's say, most of the times the database is there. People are not using it. Business owners are not using it. Um, just do a reactivation campaign. And then send an email, super simple email saying, hey, we're giving away, I don't know, 10 spots for this specific thing, for this offer, only for the next 10 people. And then you'll just start getting lots of requests. If you do if you do have, let's say, um, a phone number database, you could use, uh, there's a software that we use, Tax Magic, okay. um, and then do the same thing to the reactivation uh, campaign. Hmm. Because when people text back, you can also text them back through the software. So they'll know that it's a real person who's talking to them. Hmm. Okay. So I would say that's that's the biggest thing because at this point, you don't even need to spend money on advertising or marketing, or I should say invest, but sometimes it's just spending because people just, well, let's try this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> No, I know. I know a few folks that yeah. do that. <laughs> well, good, man. Well, well uh, tell me, how can people find you? How can people find you or get in contact with you? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can find me on um, on Instagram if social media works for you better. It's Alex Thoric. It's T-H-O-R-I-C. Um, or go to buildingincomeondemand.com and you can find all the information there. Awesome. Awesome. And hey, I got to tell you what we'll be coming out to Arizona. Actually, uh, Mr. Chris Noggle, Devin Burr will be in the Phoenix area um, coming up here in March. So maybe I'll tag along and uh, maybe we'll see each other again soon. Nice. I'll meet the, the wife. So that yeah, be- that would be great. I, I'll actually be there in March. Good. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Alex. Thanks for hopping on and um, we'll, we'll catch you next time. I'll have you back on soon. Okay. Perfect. Thanks for having me. 
All right, money multipliers. I hope you got some value out of the information that Alex spoke with us about today. By all means, I am no expert in this realm. That is why I go out and outsource other mentors and specialists in those areas and I bring them on board. I help them help me really build and create my business because there's no I in team, right? And and we need help in all different avenues. So um, as always, you can go and reach out to Alex, ask him questions. He's very personable, uh, um, very good individual. Uh, his The link to his website will be down below along with his email. So reach out to him if you got some questions and uh, let's get into it. We got our listener write-in questions. All right. Hey, Hannah, I'm curious. Can I do a dump in at any time in my policy? So it's kind of a yes or no response to you. Yes, you can do a dump in at any time throughout your policy's life. However, it's subject to where that MEC limit is at in your policy. MEC stands for Modified Endowment Contract. I have another episode coming up here shortly. Uh, I'll be diving deeper into MEC. I also have a past episode on the MEC rules. But but MEC, right, that is that imaginary line throughout your policy that makes your policy contract taxable or tax-free. Now, I'm not saying that you can't make your policy. Absolutely. The insurance company will take your dollars all day long, but it's not in our best benefit because if we go over that imaginary line and we turn it into that mech status, now all of the growth in the policy is tax-free or excuse me, let me back it up. I was <laughs> habit. All of all of the growth now in the policy is taxable. All right, when you mech your contract, all of the growth is taxable, and and even death benefit can become taxable. So keep the tax free benefits inside of your policy. So yes, for my folks who have not started their first policy yet, or is talking about maybe starting an additional policies, there are ways to manipulate that mech limit. So you can do dump-ins into your policy, but I am answering this question as if this person is writing to me, they already have an in-force policy and they want to know if they can dump in into their policy. So, so just real quick, practically what's going to happen, you call your mapping specialist over here at the money multiplier and ask them that question. That's why they're here. They're here to help you implement this concept. So call them up and uh, ask them, say, hey, uh, uh, Larry, Jerome, Alyssa, Dustin, whoever your mapping person is, can you, I, I have about, I don't know, X amount of dollars here. Can you find out for me if I can dump those dollars into my policy and remain mech free? And then they'll go and do the investigation work for you. All right. What happens to the cash value slash policy if someone takes out money and doesn't pay themselves back? So I keep this super simple for y'all. The policy, think about it as nothing more than just another savings account. What I like to call your glorified savings account. You hear me say that all day long till I'm blue in the face. So your policy is nothing different than your glorified savings account or savings account down at the local bank. 
So when you take $500 out of that savings account and then you put back $500, what happens? The $500 shows up in your savings account as cash that's available. Same thing with your policy. If you take money out from the policy and you put those dollars back as a quote unquote loan repayment, and then it just shows up as cash that's available in your policy that you can take right back out if you want to. So now if you do not pay yourselves back, all that is, is that you're just not replenishing the capital. You're just not restoring the cash in there. And so now you have some room to filter in maybe some windfalls that you have coming in. Now, however, I will say always, always, always pay your loan interest annually and pay it out of pocket. You don't got to pay the principal on your policy loans. It's not required nor mandatory, but always pay that interest at least on your policy loans. And you'll know what your loan interest is. You'll get an invoice in from the insurance company, a a quote unquote payment notice due where your next year's anniversary date is coming up due and your premiums coming due and you'll see a section on there that says interest owed. What I do, I send off my premium for the year and then I also send them the interest that I that I'm owed or due on for that policy loan that I took out for the year. And then what do I do? I keep using the money. Personally, if I'm using this capital to go out and create more monies for me, I won't go pay back my policy loans right away. I'll keep that money out there working in a 12% investment that I got going on. And then when those that income comes into me from that investment, maybe I'll take a portion of those returns and pay myself back into the policy. It's just a big cash flow game, right? So really, if you don't pay back your policy loans. It's just money that's not inside of the policy anymore, but you're still making those premium deposits into your policy. You're still continuing to capitalize on your policy in that way. So, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Money Multiplier podcast and ask yourselves, do my dollars make sense? Go in, rate the podcast. Let me know how you really feel about these episodes. Send me an email. If you got questions for me, I'm here to help support you. I'm second generation to this stuff, y'all. I didn't have to go in and unlearn all the BS that y'all learned growing up. So come in and ask me, challenge me. I love challenging questions. So uh, uh, subscribe, rate, go to YouTube, follow us on Facebook, um, uh, TikTok, Instagram, the money multiplier. You can even go out on those social media platforms and follow my personal uh, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Hannah Kessler. Hannah spelled the same ways forwards and backwards. Kessler spelled with one S. And uh, until next time, I'll see y'all.